Hey people, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And, and this, this is season four of Better Let Me Tell You. El mejor pretexto para quedarse en casa. Yeah, I mean, the last year was COVID, though. Well, that's true. <laughs> that is true. So, like it or not, COVID, man, Gigante, if it was still on, would have like flourished. No, they couldn't. They couldn't. They have didn't have studio it. audience. They um, couldn't do studio. They couldn't do the contest. Oh, quién va a ser el chacal de la trompeta? Oh, I don't think a Zoom chacal would have been the same. No, 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 no. 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 Well, on that note, because the chacal de la trompeta is always a good note to start. I like when they go fuera y fuera. You know, I didn't like when he had a cave. Uh, that was at the end. Yeah. Not only did he have a cave, he had like when he would uh, put that trompeta, like a lion will come out and yeah, a lot of props. Yeah, it, of props. Was, it was like by the end of Family Matters. But we don't. Well, we don't want fuera. Are our listeners yes. welcome? Everybody to episode one forty. You got it. Nine. Yes. Next week is 150. 150. 149. Hello, everyone. How was your week? Hey, I think everybody's doing all right. Why? My week was so long. Your week was long. My day was long. Fake Friday was really long. You know, your your Fake Friday did start like about an hour and a half earlier than mine, but it's been a long day for both of us. Yeah. So I was going to say, yay, let's go like on vacation on a cruise. Oh, no, we can't. No, we can't even see Escape. Or a Discovery. No, not even. <laughs> remember Discovery Cruise Lines? Of course I remember. We took one in eighth grade. Yeah. Discovery. What is it? Discovery don't, Cruise Lines. Remember. Discovery Cruise Lines. Yeah. No. And that, I, remember, I don't remember anything. Of the I remember when um, NCL was en el mar. La vida es más sabrosa con crucero de NCL. Disfrute uh-huh. más. I don't know. Why do I remember these things? You know, it's what makes you, you. I know, right? So, how is everybody? I think everybody's doing all right. So, you know what's exhausting? Let's talk about exhausting. All right. So, um, American Airlines Arena. Oh, God. Soon to be no more. It's going to be called... Let me make sure I get the name right. It's, it sounds like an airport code. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's going to be called... FTX Arena. Right, FTX. That's just like, oh my God, I'm flying from MIA to FTX. It does. Like, <laughs> Fort... No, Dallas, Fort Worth is... Like the like the lesser airport in yeah. like Phoenix. Yes, like the the one that yes that takes uh, the the yeah, take, like, bunch of carriers. Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. That's right, where you, you got right. like, a bunch of carriers. So the American Airlines Arena, the iconic American Airlines Arena yes. here in Miami, is going to soon be renamed FTX Arena, and FTX is like Good a, luck. I'm still gonna call it the AAA. I'm still calling it Joe Robbie. So, so, <laughs> so the FTX is like a Bitcoin. An Something or other firm. I don't know. So it's going to be called FTX thing, Arena. So we're going to go see the, the heat at the... <laughs> at the... <laughs> at the... <laughs> it took me a second to realize, like, what just happened? Did, his, like, did his, one of his teeth fall out? What just happened? Like... And my bigger question, and my bigger question, because I was fortunate to live across the street from the American uh... Airlines Arena for some time. Yes. And as many of you, and it was like literally when you would look out my apartment, it was like, boom. Yep, there right, was. Like there was. Um, and obviously we all know that the roof has the iconic don't. plane, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so what are, what are they going to put over the plane now? Like, an FTX or like I, a Bitcoin? We don't know what Bitcoins look what like. Is, what is, I don't, Bitcoin, Bitcoins are not real. It's not a real thing, people. Listen, if that many people were so rich off of Bitcoin, do you know how many millionaires there would be that don't exist? If there are any listeners out there who would like to come on our show and have a discussion of Bitcoins, honestly, you know what? I don't want a discussion. I want an explanation. Let us know. I just want an Our motto is listen, saying. laugh, yes. and yes, learn. Yes, yes. I've read on it several times, but I feel that the same thing happens to me when I read about Bitcoin and then I say to myself, damn it, I went to law school. Like, I could read. <laughs> you know, I could read and interpret, right? Yeah. At least. And then I think, lo mismo me pasa when I read about Bitcoin as when I read about the Hardened Collider. 
the Hadr- Hadrian, Hadrian Collider. Co- I can't even say it you right. can't even say it. Yeah, the Collider, right? That I've like read 10 times about it. I know that they, I know it has to do with the God particle and like they want to replicate the Big Bang the force of the Big Bang Theory, like something like that. But I read it over and over again. I'm like, this is why I didn't go into science. Mira, Bitcoin, I've tried to read articles about it. Bitcoin, lo que me pasa with money laundering, which I've said it before. You can show up as a police officer at my door and accuse me of anything. You can accuse me of murder, of robbery, of kidnapping or whatever. And I would, you know, I didn't do it, but I'd be like, oh, okay. But if you show up and you're like, we're charging you with money laundering, I'll be like, listen, no. You have the wrong person because I don't understand how that works. <laughs> That and Medicare fraud. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it's like, like Miami. Listen, you can arrest Mi- me for anything. Miami is like the king of medic like the the like capital. Yeah, capital yeah. of Medicare fraud. Everybody does Medicare fraud here. And mind you, when my grandmother gets like a standard Medicare form, I'm like it's a, it, it's I another it language. Like, it's a foreign language. Yes, and I'm like from another planet. Yes, <laughs> and it's like so complex. Yeah, and like whenever I've had to call her, like Medicare or whatever CMS for like a claim, I'm like, how do people even begin to do Medicare fraud? Right. Like, I would like I wouldn't even not that I'm gonna partake in fraud, but it's right, like but, I wouldn't but, even know where to begin. Right. Right. Like, right. But somehow people do it. It's just like Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin. And and the uh, arena. Uh, So speaking of arenas, what I thought was really interesting was, now that you said Joe Robbie, Uh was that you still call it Joe Robbie, and I still do. Yeah. I call it Joe Robbie. Um, Do you remember all the names that Joe Robbie has had? Okay. I know I remember some of them. Okay. Pro Player. Dolphin Stadium. Now it's the Hard Rock. There's a few you're missing. So... Just yeah. So Help me it out was here. it was Joe Robbie, and mind you, one of the things Joe Robbie literally the last thing he said on his deathbed, right? Like, yes, Joe Robbie financed that stadium out of his own pocket. Yeah, out of his own pocket, and he was very adamant about it being called Joe Robbie Stadium. The man died, and the first thing they did was sell the naming rights. Yeah. So it was first Pro Player Park. Okay, and the reason why they changed the name was because it was PPP. <laughs> So then they changed it to Pro Player State. It was Pro Player Park for like a year. Okay. okay. Right? But then they switched to Pro Player Stadium. So it was PPS. And it, it, like, it was PPS for, for okay. some time. Okay. Then in like the early 2000s, early like aughts, it changed to Dolphins Plural Stadium. Okay. Then it changed, and this was a formal name change, to Dolphin Stadium. Did the rest of them die off? <laughs> Singular. <laughs> so first it was the Dolphins and then it was the Dolphin okay, Stadium. Okay. And this was like a legit like name change with like new A new branding, signage. a whole new everything. Yes. Okay. Then it was Landshark Stadium for the, the beer. beer. The beer, that's right. And that lasted for like a couple of years. And then it was Sun Life Stadium. Oh, I always forget Sun Life. Which is like a Canadian insurance brand. It's not a bank? No, it's a Canadian insurance company. Because nothing says... <laughs> Canadian insurance, like a stadium in Miami, in South Florida. So, and then Hard Rock. And I've told you, to me, the only like legitimate name other than Joe Robbie that it's Mm. had is Hard Rock because Hard Rock, you know, it's a familiar brand. Hard Rock is Hard Rock is very big on branding, and they completely rebuilt the stadium, so they kind of owned it, right? But the other ones, it's like, who the hell calls it Landshark Stadium? Oh, we're going to go to Landshark Stadium. It's like, who the hell calls it that? Does Landshark beer even exist? Anymore? I don't even know. <laughs> no, Sun Life Stadium. So, I thought it was a bank. But I as I say, at least it's not as bad as where the White Sox play in Chicago called Guaranteed Rate Field. Well, you know what you're getting. Right. We're going to Guaranteed fi- <laughs> Rate Field today to go watch some, you know, America's Pastime. I mean, that's all ridiculous. Like, I think that some of these, like, naming... I mean, obviously, I understand why they do it. Right. But you can't expect... Like, it's like not always going to work. The town, you know, the right. community to embrace such a corporate name. Especially when it's, like, a corporate name of a corporation that has no business there. Well, I mean, let's go back to the the, the, uh, the AAA, as it will forever be known to us. You know... What am I supposed to call it now? FTXA? Yes. And what is FTX? Because that, that's another thing. Is like, mira, todo lo que tú me dijera, bueno, ahora que. Eh, they should name it Ghost Machado Ford Stadium. No, mira, I was. I, you know what? I was on that a similar track. I was like, ahora que, eh, you know, all Miami politicians tienen a peo con, you know, Elon Musk if they had been Tesla Stadium right. like, or Tesla Arena. At least it's a brand. Like, people understand what it is. They 
they know it. It, it makes, but like FT, like FTX, is that that thing that the IMAX that you know to to, to have good sound? The audience is listening to right, like. It just it it's it's just. Stupid. I have to say when I go to the, well back when humans used to go to movie theaters, <laughs> now they would play the THX surround sound thing. I still got a little excited. Really? Yeah, yeah. A little excited. A little thing in the middle of your. Well, no, I was telling you when we were you know because in our pre you know show uh, kind of bullet I, points. I e while we were having pizza. Um, I told you that I think that like Marlins Park has never had a corporate name. Right. I honestly think, especially since the Marlins want to be so Miami, you and, know, they, and they are Miami, they are very Miami. So Miami I have to say, I think it should be called Hopinha Stadium or Mate Field. Mate Field, I like that. Something very, again, to your point, of the city. Can you just imagine? Here we are today on Materba Field. <laughs> Materba. On Materba Field. Materba Field. No, can you imagine? Hopina. 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 Hopina Field. Hopina Field. Japina. Japina Field. <laughs> where the Marlins are playing. <laughs> that alone would be reason enough to help them fundraise to do it. Yeah, just so field. I can see... Like you know, Japina, at, Japina. In, in the World Series. Okay, know, let's totally make this happen. This is listeners. We're gonna start a grassroots. Okay, we said it here. We said it here to rename Marlins Park Hopinha Stadium. Hopinha Stadium. If only to hear these freaking white old like sportscaster men be like ding Japina, 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 Japina. Like what? Field? How is it? What's that little thing on the end there? Why is there a pineapple? And, the, and then, it's not Hawaii. When it's when it's Hopinha Field, the home run feature can be a pineapple. Of course, like a marlin coming out of a pineapple. I like this. And then, like the listen, we're laughing, but but there's as an you know, idea here. You know, I'm a ballpark aficionado. That is true. You are into marketing and that you know branding. Listen, if you want to stand out, if Hopinha was like the official like drink of Marlins, Marlins. Park, nobody will forget that shit. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Nobody is gonna forget that. We're gonna we're gonna have a couple conversations <laughs> and see what we can do. And then you have like the Hopinha skybox. You know what, Lonigo? Honestly, like I love this idea. And let's see how we can make this happen if it's like one of those like, you know, listen, people got Betty White to it host be, SNL. Listen, it could be the only professional sports stadium or venue that serves Hopinha. That's true. Do you think that Fenway Park in Boston serves Hopinha? I'm going to say no. <laughs> Call me wacky. Gonna go Do you think that Yankee up. Stadium serves Hopinha? No. No. They probably serve cafecito, but not Hopinha. No, not Hopinha. Yeah, yeah, no, I, no. I, I, I love it. And then, and then in Marlins you know, honestly, Park. Honestly, the only reason this probably would not happen is because I, I'm sure the Marlins are asking a hefty sum. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Hupinha is a very successful company, but I'm mm-hmm. sure it's a hefty sum. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's within their... And then, and then in the in the roof of the stadium, they could have a huge pineapple. I'm enjoying all of these ideas. Right? And especially since it's near the airport, when you fly in, what's more emblematic of Miami than a pineapple? Well, I mean, one could argue a pineapple is more emblematic of Hawaii, but yes, but I see where you're going. No, no, no. That's that pineapple. That's Dole. Oh, okay. Oh, got it. Got it. Yes. Dole and Dole Whip. The Dole. Right. That's, that's, that's Hawaii. I've been to Hawaii. It's true. There's Dole everywhere. It is. There's Dole everywhere. Pero dull pineapple and hopinha are not very the different, same thing. Very different. Very different. Very hopinha different. Hopinha pineapples are not from Hawaii. Hasta en la lata que viene el jugo. Hopinha pineapples are from the freaking Caribbean. <laughs> it's different. Or chrome. <laughs> or chrome. Either way, it's different. <laughs> like, I am looking at the stadium now. <laughs> you change all the brand. Hopinha field. The big pineapple on top of the roof. And it would be Hoopinia Field at Marlin Stadium. At Marlin Stadium, yeah. And then in all the food venues, in all the food spots, there's Hoopinia. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to make this happen. Yeah. We will let you know how. <laughs> let's let's do our homework. We'll do our homework. We have to figure things out. Let's we'll approach, to... what is it, Kawi? Kawi. Yeah. yeah. Let's approach them with the idea. Let's, let's, right, let's reach out to the people who would right. have to have the conversation. And I think it could happen because the Marlins haven't had a corporate name. Right. So at this point, you know, maybe they're a little flexible, a little bit more flexible, open financing. to conversations. Yes. yes. So distinctly Miami. Listen, and you know, we have connections at both. 
That's all I'm gonna say. Japina Field. Japina Field. Okay, it'd be great. So okay, so I wanted to talk <laughs> moving, about it. Moving, moving along, along yeah. in this episode, I really wanted to bring up on a more kind of sort of serious note. Uh-huh. I kind of wanted to bring up the elephant in the room. Okay, I went to the gym today. <laughs> the elephant in the room. Let's talk about the whole spring break fiasco. Ugh. Oh, okay. my goodness. So, there's a lot to say. There's a lot of different people to blame. And and you all have seen the footage. I mean, just, you know, Spring Breakers came to Miami Beach. Right. I mean, that's all we have to say at, so, at this point. What is your take on that? You know, first and foremost, I'm going to I'm gonna take even a step back from the Spring Breakers. I have an issue with how this tends to get covered by the media outside of South Florida. Mm-hmm. They paint it with the like, oh, look, Miami and Florida, Floridians, no one in Florida wears a mask type of bullshit. And it's just like, no, 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 no. Oye, espérate. Cogelo con el ticket easy. Because that group of people there, those are not us Miamians. Those are all of y'all from north of the Palm Beach line. You know, like, so don't come talking about how it's, you know, Miami or, or behavior, like, Florida behavior. Florida. Pero digo, tú sabes, it, it's... Eso de otro estado, you know? So don't come with that bullshit, okay? Because then it just feeds into your little narrative of like, you know, oh, Florida, yuck, 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 you know? Like, fuck you. Um, and I felt a little Lucy Lopez right now yeah. because she's very defensive of Miami and I'm, I'm yeah. channeling her. Um, on that note too, you know, I've, again, you and I were never big, you know, like spring break, you know, ah, you know that we're, we're, we were never those people. It's just not who we were, who we are, who we were. But we've gone on vacation. We have partied, we've had fun, and we have never, even just from a personal, uh, you know, uh, angle. We went to a Coco Loco in Cancun. We, we did. We had a great time there. We we had some. We did have a lot there. of fun there. Um, we have never. Beyonce left, was there. Like forget. Beyonce was there. <laughs> Tell you otherwise. That was Beyonce. I <laughs> okay, mean, never mind. prove yeah. us wrong. Um, but I would never dream. Like, let's put aside all the all the 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 the, the pleito and the revoltera, right? I would never dream of going somewhere and just leaving behind so much garbage and such a mess. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it, it's to me that speaks to to people's lack of courtesy, people's lack of manners, people's lack of. It doesn't translate to English, but in Spanish, like educación. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, like, you just, you don't go somewhere. You, you know, uno no hace la visita and treats it like a dump. Well, I agree with you. But what, what I think is really interesting, and again, it goes with what you were saying about the media coverage, is that spring break crowds, no they're, matter they're what city they're, they're in, they're rowdy, they're destructive, they cause havoc. Fair enough. This has been historic. Like, always. This isn't the first time. This is the first time, last. right? This, this is just how it's always been. The difference and, is that now we see it all on social media. We do. But my my problem with the coverage, as you were saying, is that they talk about it like if this was only a Miami problem. Like that's right. only happened here, you know. Right. That that you know, we have, you know, out of control spring breakers here. See, you they're know? they're having a, a Dory from Finding Nemo moment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that has historically yeah. been the case with spring break Daytona. that's why so many so many like i didn't know this i didn't know this until now mm-hmm. that you know that fort lauderdale was a very big hub for spring breakers yeah, yeah, yeah. but miami wasn't right and one of the reasons why miami became a hub for spring breakers was because there was like really big push to not make fort lauderdale a spring break destination basically you get str- uh, stricter guidelines right like and for all intents and purposes it, it worked, worked yeah. right so you can have an argument as to like you know, the pros and cons of, of, of spring break, you know, the what it can bring to the economy and whatever. But don't report this as like, this is a, the first, and yes, they were out of control. And yes, you are right. With social media now, we can see it. Right, Whereas right. before, we would only hear about or it. Or we would see it at 6 on the local news, at 11 on right. the local news. And but let's it. not yeah. pretend like this is not something that has been happening for decades. Right. Because that's part of, the, oh yeah, I remember when I was at FIU, you know, a certain mm-hmm. fraternity, I'm not going to say which one, went to Cancun and they got in big trouble when, you know, they came back. Right. 
because of the dis- like destruction, the path right. of destruction, they had left you in don't Cancun. Do that. You don't go to somebody else's city and treat it like a goddamn R- toilet. Right. That like it became a big thing, and like the school, I think, had to like. I mean, this was years ago. The school when I was in college, eh, the school had to make some type of re- like statement, whatever, because like the fraternity went with all their shirts and whatever. They right. weren't representing the school, and. This has always happened. Happen. College people, you know, on a rambunctious, you know, trip. They're that drunk. They, they're they... drunk. You know, bad decisions are made. I mean, for God's sake, I remember one time in, that it was in the news in Daytona. They set fire to like a motel, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, so that's why like I get very angered of like, don't pretend like this is a specifically Miami thing. I think another layer to it is because it ha- this is the first spring break after COVID. And so everything is on un- everything in general, not just a spring break is under a microscope of like, of like what's going on. Yeah. Are they wearing masks? Are they not but doing if you it? recall oh, last masks. year, so last year, and we spoke about it here, the same shit happened. That's true. Because last year, no, it was less people it, because, because COVID was starting. It almost COVID started, but it, all the, right. all the spring breakers came down here and they were being defiant. And right. then everybody right. was like, Oh, look at those Miamians. It's like, no, 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 no. And let me tell you something. Como dice Lucy Lopez, Miamians don't go to the beach because it's still too damn cold. No. And let me tell you something about Miami and all this. And so, yes, we are going to defend Miami. That's right. We, we've been to Naples. We've been to, in the last year we've been to, uh, to Naples. We've been to, uh, Cape Coral uh, to Tampa and one of the things that and I think you agree when you were there that shocked us was that in all those places nobody was wearing a mask and here in Miami when I went up to the cabin in in, in pockets of Georgia like mm-hmm. by Blue Ridge and LJ and whatever yeah. like I mean we went to a Walmart in LJ Georgia and the people who were there were people wearing masks but Really, the only ones wearing masks I see, like, wearing, wearing, were the Walmart employees, mm-hmm. because it's mandated. Us, y de vez en cuando, uno right. por aquí y por allá. Right. So, exactly, because here, say what you will about Miami, but everywhere I go, I see people wearing masks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know what? F that. So, right. take your freaking racist, you know, reporting somewhere else. Because, you know, they love to criticize Miami and say when we're up to no good and all that stuff. But when we do when we something do right, right, when we do something right, you know, n- n- crickets, right? right? Because everywhere you go here, you know, even if it's like, you know, Juanito's little, ca- you know, cafeteria on 8th Street to get a piña, you know? Right. <laughs> you Everybody wears a mask. Yeah. So, y ahora, por culpa de los spring breakers, el pobre Louis Aguirre se tiene que pasar un mes en la playa con los perros. Eh, Picking up garbage. Yes, yes. So I'm so I'm glad that we're on the same page with yes. that because I I like the coverage nationally really upset me. Like yeah. it really yeah. really upset me. So I'm gonna turn that conversation into <laughs> something else. Okay, it's shifting. How? I can't wait. So regarding South Beach, okay, there was like a, a meme that was floating around that was saying that. South Beach is to Miamians like Times Square Square to to New Yorkers. Yorkers. Yeah. I know that that is true. I know what they mean. I know what they mean. I agree. I don't personally subscribe to that. I actually do go to South Beach. I was going to say, I agree, but it's different. Like, I agree in the sense that I know what they're trying to communicate Mm -hmm. with the meme. But yeah, because, I mean, like, no New Yorker is going to be like, well, let's go to that restaurant in Times Square. New Yorkers go to Times Square if they work there Mm -hmm. or if they're going to go see a show. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. But us will go there for a club, for a bar, for a restaurant, for the beach. Because, for example, I love I love to go to South Point Park. Mm-hmm. I love to go. I, I, I think South Point Park is beautiful. Like a year and a half. I think it's beautiful. And especially like on a on a cooler, maybe like breezy summer like evening when like mm-hmm. um, or late afternoon when the cruises start to pass by. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that the sun starts to set. I think it's beautiful and like that's one of those things that's like oh my god i live here right. you know and yeah. i like to go to the beach there my route i love my routine is to go to south point park and south point parks there by smith and Wolensky. go to the beach there whenever i go with tristan there's a splash park there sick <laughs> and then i go have lunch at uh, the big pink the big pink yes oh my god i haven't been to south beach and i feel like the big pink is not that touristy i feel it's pretty it's very local it's weird because if you look at it it looks like it would be and it should be touristy but, but it's, it's not, not. because yeah. it's it's that area of south <laughs> beach, por ahí are not really but that area of south beach which is like south 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 beach like literally yeah, the it's end like of south so beach, like so far that that those blocks there don't have that many hotels and they're like boutique hotels at like that yeah so it's they're like, more like little apartments and yeah studios. like 12 right units. like the 
the the hotel's pass start when you get to Ocean Drive. Yeah. yeah. And it's true. Like, for example, Ocean Drive, I don't eat in Ocean Drive. But... But you could. You could. But, For like una ocasión. But, but that is or... true. Like generally, I don't eat an Ocean Drive. But I still go there. I think it's very nice. I think it's very... Like nobody could tell me driving by Ocean Drive with all the Art Deco buildings. Right. Nobody could tell me, oh, this isn't nice. They like, could, but they'd be lying. Huh? They could, but they'd be lying. It's very nice. So that, that that's why I like... I'm like, you know, I'm going to come to... I'm going to be the odd man in this. Again, I get what they're saying when with that meme. And I get it also within the context of... The spring break of it all, but right. but yeah, but I see what you're right. saying. Because another thing that I don't understand, and again, this is subject to opinion. This is very very subjective. That I see so many times people leaving Miami to go to another beach. If you want to go to another beach to explore and see something different, right, right. that's great. But I think Miami Beach is beautiful. I think the sand is like yeah, great is. quality. I think the colors, like that turquoise color, mm-hmm. you know, is gorgeous. In the last few years, yes, there hasn't been a, 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 yeah. a big problem with the seaweed. Yeah. But other than that, awesome. you know, I think it's gorgeous. So, I mean, I don't know what people people's problem is. But, I mean, obviously, you go to the beach that you want to go to. Sometimes I go to 79th Street. So, there's better parking. I could go to Manolo's. I got it. Damn, you know I want to go to my those. So, yeah, those shenanigans. <laughs> oh, shenanigans, shenanigans. Well, you know who's not really up to any bad shenanigans, shall we say? Um, you know, this, we're actually, we're closing out March now, which is Women's History Month. I was going to say March flu, but then I said February flu and January flu. This is just what happens after you're, you're, you're of a certain age. Time flies. Um... You know, it's, it's Women's History Month, and I think we've made no no bones about us being feminists on this podcast every once in a while. I don't know. Maybe you specifically. Um, so this episode, we actually had the, the really fun chance to talk to the creator of, I don't know, I guess it would be a movement, right? Like, I, I think that's the accurate, um, you know, that, that's the accurate way to describe it, like a movement of mm-hmm. sorts. Um, Latina made, M-A-D-E, not M-A-I-D. Um, Erica Hernandez and it was really great because she's she's a she's a Jersey Cuban we're not gonna hold that against her though um, and she basically created this this whole movement to change the algorithm you know so that when you look up Latinas in the search engines and things like that it's not just going to always toss back you know the quote-unquote stereotypical um, results I can't think of the word and I work in digital media um, the results algorithm. the algorithm yes thank you so you know it was kind of cool and I think it's a great way for us to cap off you know our last new episode of of March with which is you know women's history month so here's our interview with Erica Hernandez welcome back mi gente so this week we have with us the founder of really something that became that started off I think as a movement but has really become more than that it's become a community a digital community in the last you know I would say a couple months um, we have Erica Hernandez and that movement community you know force of nature I guess we can call it is Latina made not made uh, that's M A D E not M A I D and you know we're very big on but let me tell you about representation and. I don't think you can get more hitting the nail on the head than this uh, as far as trying to change the way we're, we're perceived. So thank you so much for joining us, Erica. Well, thank you for having me. I am super honored to be here uh, chit-chatting with you guys. This is definitely um, an honor. Thank oh. you. Oh, stop. I'm blushing. You're making me, my, 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 <laughs> you're making me blush over here. So it's I got it. I got it. We were chatting a little bit earlier, actually. You know, you you are Cuban-American as well, but you're a New Jersey Cuban. We may or may not have teased New Jersey Cubans in the past. Uh, you know, for That's being, all right. I could take it. For being the same <laughs> as us, but a little different, right? Um, mm-hmm. but, so what is it that, that really prompted you? I mean, let's kind of start at the beginning, right? Like, what is it? At what point did you say, you know what? This is a thing. I need to change and I can be that person. You know, what was the inspiration for the Latina made, not made? Well, it actually wasn't a thing. It was actually a experience that I had on the web. And that was, I was invited to go and speak at uh, Seton Hall University in New Jersey. And the theme of the speaking engagement where I was going to participate was about turning your passion into a career. 
For those of you who don't know, I am a brand and business developer. So I was able very early on in my career and in my life to know what my passion was and how to turn it into a career. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. However, this was specific to a group of Latina women. At that time, I also had an Etsy shop where I used to sell uh, printed T-shirts and with little quotes and sayings and things like that. And um, Viviana, who's a close friend of mine and was leading this event, you know, called me the night before the event. And she's like, I really think you need to wear one of your T-shirts. Like, you need to promote them. They're, like, empowering and this and that. I'm like, no. Yeah, I'm like, no, I already, you know, I already got my outfit. You know, us women, we need to... (laughs) And, and she was like, no, I really think you should just think about it. I was like, you know, I really don't have anything Latina focused or driven. It, it just doesn't seem right. And she goes, just think about it. Don't worry about it. So I thought about it. And then I decided, well, you know, let me check. And that's just, oh, I, I, I went, I budged. I, I said, okay, I'll, I'll wear a t-shirt, but I'll make one. Okay. That would be appropriate and fitting for the event. And I spent practically the whole night, like thinking Latina, this Latina, like, what can I put in that would tie into the theme of the conversation? And it also had Latina on it. And, and then another friend of mine, uh, Cecilia, who's a photographer and used to be a photographer for me. She was like, girl, don't stress it. How about Latina made? Like, and then I was like, wow. But I mean, I was like, but do you mean like Latina made? Like I was made by a Latina or like, what do you, what do you mean? She goes, no, mija, Latina made, however you want to take it, just take it. It sounds good. You know? <laughs> and I was like, all right. So I did my due diligence and I went online um, just to make sure that nothing was copywritten or anything like that. And I typed Latina made into the search browser on Google. And when I clicked enter, I got a pretty much blank result. Um, Other than Google suggesting that I search Latina made M-A-I-D. Oh, damn. So I, I typed it in again, same thing again. And when I clicked on the image tab, what came out was an endless, abundant amount of pictures of Latina women who have played the maid role along with, you know, Latinas in very provocative um, poses, in maid costumes, porn sites, cleaning services. And at, by that time, you know, it like it was like, what the F? I don't know if I can curse here. <laughs> you can. Um, Okay, I was like, what the fuck? Like, are, are you serious right now? But at that time, it was like already almost midnight. I was tired. I had to get ready for the next day and whatever else and still make the shirt. And I said, you know what? There's no t-shirt. I'll make the t-shirt or whatever. But it really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. It really, really stuck with me. I went the next day to the speaking engagement, did my speaking engagement. Some lady came up to me. She's like, oh, my God, I love your shirt. Where can I get it? And I said, well, I just made the shirt last night. It's not available anywhere. And she was like, well, what do you mean by Latina made? I was like, well, I, I don't really have a story behind it, but I can tell you what happened to me last night. And she was like, oh, my God. She's like, please make that shirt available. I love it. This and that, blah, blah, blah. So I'm driving down. If you guys are not from Jersey, the parkway, it, it was bothering so much. I pulled over to the side of the road and I got on Facebook and I asked all of my friends that were following me on Facebook to please type in Latina made on the search browser, take a screenshot and send it to me on the comments put it on the comments because I, I I know that depending on your history, on your search history, right, right. Um, it affects yeah. your results. So I said, before y'all voy y empiezo a abrir la boca and <laughs> show up at Google. Before me meto la mano, let me, let me investigate a little. By the time I got home, everybody had the same results. I don't know why when you say Latina made and you say M-A-I-D, I think of Jennifer Lopez and made in Manhattan. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I it, it definitely. That was, and that was probably the better of the results that she got when yeah. she put in Latina made. That was one of the more yeah. respectable. She did come up. She did come up. She did. She definitely did come up. I was like, this is unacceptable. I said, you know, 2017, Latinas have come a long way entering universities at record number high and completing you know, we have politicians, we have lawyers, doctors, and I was just like, something has to be done and it has to be done now. And my best friend of almost 30 years, I called her that night and I'm, I'm like telling her on the phone what had happened to me and I'm rambling on. And she's like, by that time, you know, she, cause as soon as I said, I'm doing this, I went straight home. I had a to-do list of house chores. <laughs> y se jodieron. No se limpió la casa I went straight. Día. 
I was straight to the computer and I was looking up and what are the algorithms and why is this coming up and all the women that have done great things, Latinas have done great things and this and that. Y me pasé, me pasé, me pasé. And I said, I'm doing something about this and I'm doing about it. I'm doing something now. So my friend who is also the co-founder of Latina May Not Made, Anna, who I've been friends with since the sixth grade, I called her because that was the person that I always called when I had a great idea because yo soy la mujer de todas las ideas. And at that time, by the time I called her, it was late. She was already in bed and I'm telling her and I'm rambling on and rambling on. And she's like, Erica, please. Oh, can we talk about this tomorrow? I was like, call me tomorrow because if you don't call me tomorrow, I'm doing this with you, without you, you know? And, you know, the next morning she woke up, she was refreshed. She did her own search. She did her own thing. And she called me back and she goes, girl, as long as you don't get me in trouble, she's like, I'm with you. And that's basically how it all started. And in literally two weeks, we were um, an LLC. Um, and then we launched our website like a month later, May 6th of 2017. Um, and basically, we were able to change Google's algorithms within like a year and a half. Um, we learned that, you know, algorithms are very easy to change um, when you know the content that you want to push out. So um, we started making up a bunch of T-shirts. We started recruiting all of our friends that were doctors and lawyers. We even had one that was it was a nanny at the time, um, because I want to make it very clear. It's not it has it has nothing to do with being a maid is a bad thing. It was about the stereotyping. Right. Um, right. And then when we launched our website, we launched it. It was cheesy. And I look back at it now and I cringe. But we launched it with about highlighting about 20 Latinas. We're just friends and family and family and friends of those people um, who got a T-shirt from us in exchange for their story. From there, you know, I'm not going to say the rest is history because there are 12 huge search engines. And my goal before I leave this earth is to change every single one. So when I first heard of the company and what you guys were doing, it really hit home for a couple of reasons. My mom, the first eight years that she was in this country, my mom um, was kind of like a housekeeper. And I have like very vivid stories of sometimes uh, I, I think abuse is the right word that my mom had to sustain uh, of people at that time because she was a maid. And, you know, being a maid, as you said, it's nothing to be ashamed of because at the end of the day, it's honest work. It's mm -hmm. honest work and it's an honest way to make a living. Um, but, as, but as you said, you know, it's the stereotype. When I first heard of your company, one of the moments I, I one of the things I thought about in terms of that stereotype was for me in about 2015, I think it was Donald Trump, when once Donald Trump had already announced his presidency, I remember Kelly Osborne said uh, on The View, when they were talking about Donald Trump and all the terrible things that he has said about Mexicans and all that, um, Kelly Osborne said, you know Donald Trump, you know, if you talk, if you want to get all Mexicans out of here, who is going to clean your toilets? And I don't know if you guys remember that, but she got into a lot of heat over that. And the reason why that sticks out so much is because here's Kelly Osborne, somebody who's supposed to be woke. That is that is what she first went to, right? That, that, that for me, I remember when she said that, I was like, wow, this is a stereotype that everybody has in the U.S. This is in part because of media. This is, you know, what everybody has. So I guess my question to you is, in terms of all the change that you want with this whole Latina made image, what possessed you to start first with the algorithm? Like, do you want to take it from there and then kind of move it more broadly up the scope into other other things? Okay, well, first I want to address what you were saying about your mom. And the reason why I want to address that is because you had a sense of reaction. It made you go back to remembering your mom and, and her being of service and, and whatnot. In the beginning, and even now, every once in a while, you know, we get people who don't know about our movement and don't know about our story and right away call us an elitist or a classist. 
Because when you come across our page or when you come across our Instagram and you see Latina made, not made, and you're not scrolling down or looking or really reading the captions, the first thing you think of is, oh, well, if we're not a college graduate and we're not doctors, you know, we're not any good. And because I'm here on this platform, which is a platform that is public to the, you know, open to the public, I just want to make it very clear that this has nothing to do with looking down on maids or any kind of service workers, because at the end of the day, we all are service workers. Yeah. In some way, if you're a doctor, you're servicing patients. If you work in a restaurant, you're servicing, you know, so in, in, in across the line, at some point of our lives, especially in our careers, we are all service workers. And it's and, honest work. It's honest work. And it's, and it's honest work. And I always say, if, if, if when you wake up, if that is the career path of service, whether it's in a hotel, whether it's cleaning somebody's home, whether it's owning your own cleaning company, if when you wake up every morning, you are proud to do this job, more power to you. I'm right behind you. Um, now, going back, why was the algorithm important to us? The reason why the algorithm was important to us because we knew it was going to be the hardest task. We knew that if we didn't go into that first, it was going to take us a lot more time. You know what I mean? It, we we knew that we we knew that as long as we pushed um, content, positive imagery of Latinas women doing amazing things. Okay, and we associated the words Latina made, whether they were next to each other, whether it was made Latina, whether it's look at this amazing Latina who made this. You know what I mean? We knew we knew the secret to the change. Plus, it was I think also it's probably also the most cost effective because at the end of the day, it's it's the most important, the most difficult. But it's the for lack of a better word, the cheapest. Because it's right, it, it is, and it's free. Yeah, I, you know, and some people are like, and now, and it's funny because, like, sometimes now, like, when people, when, like, if you look at our Instagram, the first line that says is top ranked for Latina made, you know, and I've had people tell me, yeah, you probably paid for that. We have not paid a dime to get our number one ranking on Google, nothing. Because if we had money to invest, we would be investing on other things, like people to contribute to our website, people to take pictures, people to do other things. Um, so it was free. We knew what we had to do. And I think most importantly was we couldn't wait another day. Yeah, March 27, 2017 was too late. And it was, I think, very mind-blowing to us that nobody else had picked it up. And for my, I know for my co-founder, what, what I think hurt her the most was that if you put any other ethnicity, right, mm-hmm. and then you put the word made, you don't get stereotypes. If you put Indian made, you got a bunch of rugs and textiles and pottery and this. If you put African made, you get, you know, the wraps and the skirts and the this. But you put Latina made and it was the stereotype. So for us, yes, like you said, um, I think it was number one, urgency. We couldn't let another day go by. Two, we had the secret and we knew what we needed to do to push it out. And that was that. I'm glad you said the whole thing about the elitist thing, um, because I think somebody who comes at you and says, oh, you're being elitist is missing the point, because that's like, for example, the stereotype that the the, the stereotype that people that are Indian are doctors, you know, doctors are doctors, right? Everybody looks up to doctors. And I'm sure that people that are Indian are sick and tired of, you know, the world thinking that that is what they need to be. Whoever is saying that you're elitist and all that is missing the point because, you know, there's stereotypes, these stereotypes of, you know, different types of people, whether it be a professional or, you know, a service job is very confining and it's all about putting people in a box. Do you guys have, you know, now that, you know, you're working on all these um, algorithms in terms of the major 12 search engines, which is interesting. I didn't realize there were still so many. I'm like, I'm like Google, MSN, G. This is the way I'm going to put it, okay? Uh, Latinas are all over the world. Um, Understand that, you know, Google is number one in the United States. Right. So the top 12, now we're looking at it globally. It's not nationally. So wherever there is a Latina, we need to make sure that they're being seen and that they're being seen in the light that they deserve. Do you guys have some type of, um, aside from, you know, the algorithm, um, some type of a goal or, or, um, 
or plan in terms of media, whether it be print media or TV media, um, since, you know, the, the visual side of it has so much to do with it. Right. Um, yes, we have a lot of goals that we really want to accomplish and achieve. I think that for me personally, um, one of my biggest goals is to become a huge digital media publication, um, a resource and a community uh, space, digital space where Latinas can come and be able to relate, you know, read content and, and that is relatable to them. So that is the goal right now is to have that, you know, community or that publication digitally. Let's be real. Who reads right now? Um, and who and who watches TV? Like, you know, but yeah, um, our goal is to be able to be that platform. And even though um, it's amazing to see how many pro Latina platforms there are now, we we I don't want to sound cocky. Um, but do we it, were, do it, be cocky, do it. we, we, we were one of the first ones. Um, when we launched back in 2003, I think we only had me too, pero like and remezcla. Yeah, actually that, that's about, that's about it. And, and, and yeah, and we, and we launched and I'm not saying this because people misconstrued. I, I know that the me too, uh, the me too movement was founded years ago, but the me too movement did not kick off like the real hardcore movement kicked off in October of 2017. Mm -hmm. So we were in the midst of all of that. Yeah. That movement also helped us because now women are saying like, me too, and we need a space and a place to go and our stories to be heard and for us to be seen, you know what I mean? But, you know, the goal ultimately is to, you know, um, partner with brands that are, you know, have the same uh, representation or stands for the same things. Our, our goal is to really build a huge digital community. But this is really a passion project because we're passionate about our mujeres and we're passionate about being represented in the correct light. Now, on that note, um, I know that you are starting a scholarship fund. Is that no, we have actually always the scholarship fund was something that we have been we've always had from the very beginning. Like yeah. even when we launched the scholarship fund was was there. It does it's been there. And the reason for the scholarship fund is only be uh we decided to do the scholarship fund because myself as well as Anna had well at that time I unfortunately lost my job back in August due to COVID, but we've always had a full-time income. Um, so when we decided to start selling the shirts because we saw the demand for it, because remember when we launched the website with these 20 women, we gave them the shirts in exchange for their story. Right. So when we started posting these pictures of these shirts and people coming across and, you know, and things like that, when there started to be a demand for the shirts, we said, okay, let's start selling the shirts. And when we started selling the shirts, both of us were in a position economically where we didn't need the money. Mm -hmm. So the portion of the proceeds would go to this scholarship. Now, like with every other business, you know, we, we were selling shirts for like the first two years. That's the only thing. One shirt and two colors. We can relate. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, we have been fortunate in the three years, which we wish we could do so much more. Um, we've been fortunate in the three years to already have awarded a scholarship. So um, um, every time people are so driven, um, I'm always curious, like, what's their inspiration behind it? So who are some of, like, the Latinas or just women in general that have inspired you? I, I really, I'm going to be honest, I really have never looked up to any Latina celebrity, keeping it real. I mean, I can say, yeah, I used to like Iri Chapon. When I was, oh, wow. were, wow. or wow. you know, I used to, I, I used to like, you know, that I, I, I enjoyed, you know, I, I love Celia Cruz. I mean, she is like, I, I, when I was little, I really thought that she was my grandma because my real grandmother from my dad's side looked a lot like her, and I was like, I think this lady is Celia Cruz, and she's lying to us, you know. Um, <laughs> well, she also yeah. lived in Jersey, maybe she was, <laughs> and she also lived in Jersey. So for me, for a very long time, when I was little, I always looked at my grandmother, and I'm like. Could she, you know? I was going to say, when Ish said that about Jersey, I was going to say, say what you will about Cubans from Jersey. They had Celia Cruz. We yeah. didn't. Yes. 
You know, I, I enjoyed watching Betty La Fea and, you know, and things, but for me to say, well, somebody really inspired me to be the way I am. For me, it's the incredible women, my mom and my grandmother that I've had in my life. You know, my grandmother came to this country in the 1960s, like many of us Cuban Americans, uh, family members, abuelas did, you know, she worked her ass off. She was there for me. Uh, the first 12 years of my life, my mom was a single mom. And she, my grandma raised me and I never needed and wanted for anything. Now, when it comes to the advocacy side of me being like pro, it really comes from within. It's, it's me. You know, a mí me dicen, you know, tú eres fuerte de carácter, or, you know, yeah, I'm like, I'm the fuerte de carácter, the, the this, the that, whatever. But deep down inside, I care about people. And deep down inside, I care about doing the right thing. And if I feel at any moment, whether you are Latina, Asian, Black, Indian, whatever you are, if I feel that people are not being treated fairly, I will speak up. We have so much to offer the world. We shouldn't be seeing, you know, I see it as, you know, women as it is in a, in a man's world is tough enough. And then adding the fact that you're Latina. That, another layer. <laughs> another layer. And then, um, and then, you know, the rest of the world that is non-Latino thinks of you as, you know, a landscaper or a, a maid or a nanny or this. It kind of like, you know, when are we ever going to win? You know, how long, and, and this election is, is, is a perfect example. And I know that this election was more general towards all Latinas, but for how long have we been yelling that we are not monolith? For mm -hmm. how long? Yeah. For years. Mm -hmm. Oh, exactly. <laughs> oh, you know, 60, 80, 100 years later. Wow. But, right. Wow. Latinos are not all the same. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, right. You hear on the news station, oh, you know, let's, the Latino vote is not a monolithic vote. It's like, no shit, Sherlock. We've <laughs> <laughs> been saying this for years. It's not a monolithic like, culture uh, either, kids. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. Right. Yeah. But that comes. But I think that that comes oh, from... Oh, you can call me if you want to have that conversation. <laughs> well, now we know. Uh, but I think that that comes from the much larger issue of how here in the United States or American culture have tried to box Latin America and down, including the Caribbean, um, and even Spanish, you know, uh, even Spain, as Latin or Hispanic and that's it. Don't, don't, you know? don't touch that subject, please, because we're going to go into a whole other <laughs> No, no, and that's something that really bothered me, because it's like, mm -hmm. you know, Latin America has so many rich cultures, you know, Individual Mexican religion. culture is so rich and complex, you know, versus Caribbean culture and versus, you know, um, other countries, like every country has their own culture. And we're literally painted with one stroke. Mm -hmm. So then when other people are like, oh, you're not, it's like, oh my God, it's so frustrating. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> that's a little limited. But uh, <laughs> bueno, Erica, I, I want to, you know, start, I want to wrap it up because uh, I know, you know you've got stuff going on. But I want to thank you for, for joining us, you know. Again, it's so important for us in terms of just representation. And, and like you were saying, you know, we're not a monolith, but we do have some commonalities and, you know, together we can try to break those stereotypes. And I think yes. that's so important with what you're doing with uh, Latina made M A D E, not M A I D uh, com. And I know they can follow you on Instagram. They can visit your website, buy your t-shirts so that they can help fund yes. the scholarship. Cause I know you yes. said you're like, well, I wish you could do more, but you know what? Every little bit helps. I mean, it's like you know, when you're building a house, um, you know, there's there's brick by brick, everything, you know, gets put together and, and is part of the bigger whole. And you definitely are part of that. And thank you so much. Well, for I want to plug in that we do take donations. So if anybody wants to donate, they can do that through our website. <laughs> Listen, so there's no there's no excuses, guys. There's no excuses. Not to there's no excuses. Yeah. You got cute t-shirts. <laughs> You you know if you're not in the mood for a T-shirt, you can donate. You can help spread. So the tell word us our audience them. where to find you. All all the different platforms. So on the web, it's latinamadenotmade.com. We are also on Instagram. Instagram is the biggest uh, social media platform that we have. 
Um, so again, at latinamadenotmade.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. However, on Twitter, it's Latina Made and then N and then M. So Latina Made and M because, you know, Twitter only allows you a certain amount of characters. And uh, hopefully soon within the next uh, 30 to 45 days, we will be launching our podcast, Sing Me This. Nice. Well, All right. well, then let me let me be one of the first to welcome you to the podcast family. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually now like in the process of thinking of like the topics because I don't want to do things that is like repetitive and everybody else has done. And <laughs> I love I love the work you guys are doing. I'm I'm tremendo feminist. I really am. And that's I'll make a good t-shirt, tremendo feminist. <laughs> you know, I should. Oh, that's really good. You guys yeah. But but you but but you know, it's funny, it's funny that you say that, but it's true. You know, one of the things that I always try to look for is male partners. Um, mm-hmm. we need more men to stand allies. by our allies. We, you know, I only have like 9% on Instagram of men, but those are die whole, die hardcore Latina made, not made. Well, you and we need more. Um, because when you guys say, you know, enough is enough for our Latina women's and stop stereotyping them and they deserve more respect and they deserve a better place, then is one will probably will be easier for us to move forward. So we need men. So men, let's go. Step it up. Step it <laughs> up, guys. Bueno, Erica, thank you again so much for joining us. You know, it thank you guys. Fantastic. It was and, it was so and, much fun. And can't wait to actually I've, meet in person now that you're down here in South Florida. Yes, 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 yes. Let's let's plan it. Let's do it. And we're back. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway from from the interview is how you know she was saying it's not about saying that being a maid is a bad thing. Right. You know, it's not about having shame and being a maid. There is no shame in that. There is no shame in earning an honest living. However, it is about taking back the narrative, mm-hmm. you know, so that it's not just, oh, Latina maid, did you mean, you know, did you mean maid, M-I-D? And then here's pictures of, you know, women in sexy poses in a French maid uniform or whatever. I was thinking of made in Manhattan. You always think of made in Manhattan. Yeah. I'll never forget when that movie was in production, the original name was The Chambermaid. And I'll never forget that I, I mentioned to you, you know they changed the name to Made in Manhattan. You're like, yeah, because most people are not going to know what a chambermaid is. They're not going to know what a chambermaid is. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> Listen, people are going to have a hard enough time with Stadium or Arena or whatever the hell it's called. You mean with who? Japina? With, with Japina Stadium, Japina yes. Sta- Japina Stadium is going to be enough. Okay, like, you know that this is happening, right? Like, in my mind, now I'm thinking of Marlins Park, and I'm thinking <laughs> it with a pineapple on top. Like, you're already picturing us there at, like, the naming ceremony. Yes. Okay, okay, got it. Like, it's happening, and we're interviewing them when they... when they... Oh, we're, we're going to record live from there. Yes. Clearly. <laughs> live at Hopinia Ballpark. Ballpark, of course. Wow. Dreams can come true. <laughs> <laughs> It will be like, listen, this is built on the former side of the Miami of the Orange, Orange Bowl. Bowl, which is Miami, you know, hollow very, ground. Very Miami. You yeah. know, what is more Miami than like the Hurricanes, the Orange Bowl, and Hopinia? The only thing more Miami than that is if they would call it, you know, Cuban Bread Stadium. Martha of Miami can have a whole line of <laughs> shirts. The thing that. is that nobody owns the trademark for Cuban bread, so there's no owner to go to. Right. Mm. That's the only problem with that. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> anyway. Well, all this talk about naming. And has made me parched. Has made you parched and me as well. So do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. All right. So um, I want to give my last soda this week to uh, Justin Heron. So he is uh, he plays for the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. And he was... Literally a hero this past week. So I wanted to give okay. him a shout out. So he was um, in Arizona and he was in a park and he heard this woman screaming. And it was like an older woman in her 70s. And she was being sexually attacked. Oh, and this man um, had already taken off his pants or was trying to take off her pants. Oh, so it mean, was going to happen. Yeah, it was going to happen. Right. And he jumped in. I mean, he's a linebacker. He's 6'5", 300 pounds. Okay. And he he took control of the situation. Yes, he did, I'm Needless sure. Needless to say, but he actually like saved this woman and he was able to not only save her and then he brought attention. I think he was with a friend. Like the man was, like they were taking he, care they, of that, calling did, the they police. They detained the man. Comforting her and he detained the guy. 
So I was like, shit, you know, like he could have completely like, okay, I didn't see that and just go on his way because he is a public right. figure. Or let the guy escape. Yeah. Know, just, and, and you don't know he had a gun. He, or... he, um, he did what he needed to do. So uh, at the very minimum, he deserved a last soda. So my last soda goes to him. Well, damn. All right. Well, mine's going to seem a little silly now, but oh, um, yeah. I'm giving mine to a documentary that I told you to watch and I don't think you've watched yet because you've been very busy. For I... Britney Spears? No. No. The college admission scandal? Nope. Oh, shit. We need to talk about that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, Kid 90. I have not seen Kid 90. Kid 90, for those who don't know, is a documentary on Hulu um, that was... It was put together, really, by Soleil Moonfry, uh, Punky Brewster. And yes, this is the second time that I refer to Punky Brewster in our last soda. Um, but what I loved about it is that she essentially, throughout her entire teen years, through her 90, you know, the 90s and, and maybe beyond, would take a video camera with her everywhere she went. And, and, a, and you know, a photo camera as well. And she has footage of like all these Hollywood actors as like you know little like 12 year olds or whatever and these are still her friends to this day and you know she put it together to show like a little slice of of, of her life growing up and there's a whole narrative or what have you but one of the real reasons that I'm actually giving this last soda to Kid 90 is because of the wave of nostalgia that it gave me for for basically rockets uh no because I don't need a vibrator (laughs) no wait no wait what was the name of the little tape a, I think it was, no, it wasn't Pocket Rockets. Pocket Rockets are vibrators. I know what you're talking about, but that's not what it was. Actually, it gave me nostalgia. And it really just made me start thinking about us, actually. Because throughout, you know, our... I mean, we grew up essentially the same time frame as Soleil Moonfry. You know, you and, and some of our other friends would always have either a, a video camera or a photo camera. And, you know, our teen years our 90s it's pocket rockers pocket rockers okay there you go i'm like i, I know the fucking rocket i know that much um you know like my teenage years are so well documented because of you you're welcome so so you know and at the time it's funny even to this day we still mock you but at the time it was just like oh we're taking another picture we're taking another picture but now you know as i'm sitting there watching that documentary it's kind of like mm. oh, and, and jose was like i can't believe she kept all that who keeps all that and i'm like i know like several people who do and yeah. I'm thankful that they did yeah I I um I mean now with camera with camera phones it's a different story it's not the same but I used to carry a camera everywhere yep. when we would go out in in high school and we would go out to, to the, the movies, movies. Yeah. to like Denny's I would take my camera yeah, and and I would take my big camera, like with the big lens. Or if you didn't, and, you, and would, then, you would have a disposable. And then, you would like have, right. Then I had like disposables. Then like in the like early two thousands, I had like the little pocket cameras. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the little digital uh, shooting whatever. The point, little one. point shoots. Point shoots. Right. I've yes, I have our lives documented. Yeah. All like yeah yeah yeah. I've been another thing. I have been taking pictures of food since forever. Before people even thought about doing that, like yeah. I have pictures of restaurants that don't exist anymore, of food that doesn't like entrees that don't exist, like, yeah. don't exist anymore. Like I have yeah. like like a whole collection of like different entrees from Bahama Breeze that don't exist anymore. I'm sure there's a lot of pictures of the Monte Cristo. From Bennigan's? I have pictures from Bennigan's. I'm sure. Too. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, Kid 90, because it's, it's it's a great documentary and it's fun and whatever, but also just because it gave me the feels and I want, you know, and, and thank you for capturing my youth. Yes. You're welcome. I, You know, it's funny. I, I Well, I thank you for the acknowledgement, but I, I, I've always said it in jest because you guys give me some shit oh, for yeah. my- We still do. For all like my, you know, picture taking is that I've always told you, I'm like, one day- one of you is going to come to me and they're and gonna, you're going to be like, listen, I need pictures of X, whatever. Yeah. And I'll be like, well, let me go into my digital archive. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly do you need? Do you need your 15th birthday, your 16th birthday, your 17th birthday, your 18th birthday? <laughs> so on and so forth. So yeah. again, and, and it is something that we've said it before, but there's something to be said for, you know, the having the tangible photos versus the digital photos now. Th- there is which is why i think her documentary resonated even more because it- th- there is but i think that i haven't seen the documentary mm-hmm. but based on what you're telling me what makes those things special is the theory that i've always subscribed to in terms of why i like taking pictures which is the everyday life 
Why? Because most people take pictures in special occasions. In a birthday, in a wedding, right. in a graduation, in, in a, a special a holiday, occasion right. of sorts. In a holiday. And that's fine. And that's great. But what I think is really interesting is when you take pictures of like everyday things. Mm -hmm. Because those are the things that later in life you miss the most. Yeah. You know, whether it's a picture of you in the supermarket, because then you look at that picture and you're like, oh, my God, you're, oh, you're reading my mind. Because yeah. I was like, that is one of my favorite pictures of me and Ingrid. Yeah, like, look, exactly. Like, look at like look at the bottles. Like, they're different now. And like, yeah. look at the signage. It's different yeah. and, and all that. Or, it really transports you to a moment. Yes, it does. And it's like those everyday, like, moments that nobody especially before the age of camera phones nobody right. really thought about photographing that i always like was very like in tune with and i'm like you know this is like a random day that we're gonna go to denny's and hang out but there's gonna be a day where this is gonna be 20 years later that right. we're gonna think about this moment and i have pictures of it yeah and so. you certainly do so i gotta watch it now but yes yes anyway well we hope everybody listened laughed and learned in our next episode we will be giving directions as to the <laughs> Um, the, uh, I guess the petition, next steps, the next steps, the petition yeah, 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 yeah. to get, uh, we need to make this happen. We'll figure it out. Uh, to, <laughs> we know some elected officials, you know, this sort is of. true. We know that we know, look, I know someone at the Marlins. We know someone who knows someone at Cowie. You know, you're all Democrat-y now. Yeah. So we can make this happen. Hupinha Field. Hupinha Field or Ballpark. I'm fine with either one. But the name. The name. The name. The name, the name, Field. The name. This needs to happen. So we hope everybody listen, laugh, and learn. Remember to grab your patelito, your, uh, your, pate, what, your patelito, your croqueta, your cafecito. <laughs> and thank you for joining us, everybody. That was episode 149. Thank yes. you so much. Cuídense, mi gente. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs>